Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, if you have a game, and it is good, then give it time and it will thrive, and you will be it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know, uh, join us on Steam, and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news, we have the latest titles that we are interested in, of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews, and then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals, uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello and welcome to episode number 433 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. We record for you on this Super Bowl Sunday, um, uh, the 12th of February, 2023, at 1500 hours, uh, p.m. left coast, coast of the most, 3, three o'clock, or I'm sorry, uh, 3, what time is it? I have, I have four different clocks in front of me. 3.17, sorry. Hmm. You're right. It's important we got everything right, Ivor. Crack engineer, what pal? Ivor Molina over there in the booth. Who do you think is going to win the big game today, Ivor? That's interesting. Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah, you're fired. Um, we don't we don't truck with any football around here. Uh, but he was holding up the whiskey sign when we fired him. So cheers, 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 cheers. Hmm. We have a huge show for you this week, so let's get straight to it. Top stories. Ah! No meds still. Still off my meds. It's wonderful. It's really, really going well. Um, Marauders is still borked. My chair is still fucking broken. Say hello, chair. It's really, it's really great. 
It, it's really great. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. You same to you, buddy. Um but this week lots of shit happened. Uh right now the Steam Next Fest is going on I uh, through tomorrow, which we'll talk more about in our new and noteworthy. Um in Undisputed the boxing game, I still have yet to get a fucking knockout victory, but I have opened up cuts on people so badly that they've stopped the fight. Fought a lot online. I had a great bout with uh, I was playing Azusik and who's, who's Ukrainian, which is funny. I didn't, never noticed the belt before, but um, I, play, I was playing Azusik and he played as uh, Rocky Marciano, and he said, I think he said it on simulation, or maybe it's just like that's the way it is with online games. Um, you can't see each other's stamina. Um, it almost went, the, it, it did go the distance, actually. It did go the distance. He won. But it was unbelievable. Like, Usyk versus Rocky Marciano. It was fantastic. And I never, I, you know, like I said, I, I was, my first job was going to be boxing reporter for The Sun out here in uh, Lost Wages. But just the way in, just the way in guy. Um, but I, I didn't get it. Uh, and I haven't been watching heavy white, heavy, heavy white, heavyweight. Well, actually, Rocky Marciano versus Usyk is like heavy white. Actually, no, heavy white would be Usyk versus Tyson Fury. That's heavy white. Heavy white. Oh, boy. So white. Mike Pence can't even handle it. Um, but I haven't watched any heavyweight fights in, oh, God, like a decade or more even probably. Uh so I've never seen I never seen Usyk and Usyk is just so good. Tyson Fury is also so good. Um Also I've discovered that it's much better to play undisputed using the gamepad buttons rather than the right stick. Cuz I you know my hands are all fucked up. Anyone who's listening to the show knows this. My hands and my shoulder and now you know, my thumbs are, in particular, are really fucked up. Um, so grabbing, like, all four, like, you know, both thumbs on each stick individually really hurts while grabbing all four of the shoulder buttons. You can get much better performance just by using um, the the gamepad buttons, you know, A, B, X, Y, you know, etc. Oh no! I did get my first knockout victory. At least the show notes say I do. I say say I did. Say I do. Oh my god! Losing our minds already. Um, undisputed. By the way, another fun tip, little pro tip. If if you want a different experience before you start your next fight, shift the time scale down to one. Because it the default is 1.5. And it does make the game pop a little more. makes everything a little more intense. And it does make the, help make the rounds go by faster. Um, if, like, you know, your your strat is to, you know, fucking rope it up, the motherfucker. Um, but the it's a different... It's a very different experience in 1 to 1 as, one po- as opposed to 1.5. Um... I'm still in love with this game. It's it's actually my love deepens with deepens for it with every time I play it. It's so good. That was not even there was barely a sentence in there. So moving on in this inarticulate once again inarticulate Sunday, um, 
Oh, in Bannerlord. This this week was supposed to be Bannerlord. We're going to push it back another week because I'm still trying to get into a massive war. It's the one thing I really haven't done. I haven't gotten married and I haven't gotten into a massive fucking war. I've fought in massive wars. I mean, a massive battle. i fought in massive wars, but I've never fought in mass in a massive battle. Um, everything in there is going great. Our feature this week, after we get through the next fest stuff, is just gonna be like ten minutes of some of my stuff recently from Dwarf Fortress because it's funny and I really love Dwarf Fortress and I play two hours of Dwarf Fortress every day almost. Um, so yeah, so we'll have tales of dwarfdom, but yeah, Bannerlord. I don't know. It might be next week. Might be week after next. I, I'm. I'm almost. I'm totally ready. I think to do a full review. I'm going to assemble the banner in mere moments. I mean, I have all the pieces for like two weeks now, um, and I've been in really big wars, and I've gotten a lot of uh, notoriety. What do you call it? Um, influence in my clan and shit. And I own tons of properties, and I'm insanely wealthy. Uh, but I've never been in one of these thousand on thousand battles before. I mean, I'm not talking about battles like at like from a siege battle, like because those just are really lame, in my opinion. I think that those need a lot of, not a lot of, but I think those could be improved in numerous different ways. Because the trick is to like die at the right time in those. It's like you know, don't go in the vanguard. Is the moral of that story? But I mean, so like you know, a thousand people is whatever. But like, I want to see if like there's actual tactics like fighting on the field of battle with like a thousand on a thousand. Because like I've gotten close. I've I've been destroyed as six hundred versus a thousand. But anyway, I don't think it would be fair to do a full review of that game, which I love, uh, Mountain Blade uh, Two Bannerlord, without having gone into one of these enormous enormous battles. So that brings us to our, our uh, new and noteworthy based him with it, Ivor. And once again, our feature is just Dwarf Fortress talk. Actually, some tales of the dwarfdom. Alright, do it! I was a North American fall when worm in my former life. Here are the newest and most noteworthy titles from this week. So, um, our new and noteworthy this week, once again, Next Fest, the Steam Next Fest, which I decided is kind of like the curse of my year. I, I really liked it when they started doing this, but now I've started to hate it because I kind of resent that like there are these demos of games that evaporate after you know a certain period of time. More or less, like that's what happened to System Shock last year, or maybe it was the year before. I can't remember. It all runs together at this point. But um so it's like a cock tease. It's like a big fucking cock tease. But, and I only have a couple of picks for this this year's Next Fest. It's, it's, it is unavoidable. But then we have one new legitimate, it's still in early access, uh, a new and noteworthy title. One that is very, uh, part of a franchise that is much beloved by uh, this year podcast. So, in terms of the Next Fest, here are the three demos that you should get right now before like 10am tomorrow I think Pacific Coast time tomorrow's the 13th yeah so um and these are all free demos the number one is of course System Shock which now has a release date 
they said it's coming out in March, January, February. That's next month. And it, the new videos for the store page for the Steam Next Fest for System Shock, which is a remake of the original System Shock. Go back and listen to those episodes if you if you want. It's one of the best games of all time. And the demo that they released like last year or the year before whoa, it took me back. It was so cool. It was like everything that you know and love about System Shock, but with prettier graphics. Um, But all the same complex fucking role-playing game meets first-person shooter. No other title has ever managed to do it this well. Uh, Although, you know, Fallout, Fallout 3 was pretty good. But I hate Fallout 3 and I hate all the Fallout. Everything after Fallout 2, I do not like that much. Mm. So, there's that. So, go get the free demo for System Shock and play it. If you've never played the original game, you're going to be blown away by the mechanics. If you have played the original game, you're going to be taken to a blast from the past. Shodan awaits you. So, uh... That's that. For those of you who love Star Fox style games, this is one of the most. I didn't play a ton of the Next Fest games, but these are like three of the best finds that I I managed to come away with from you know my like you know thirty forty five minutes worth of research. Um, this is by far the most fun game uh, on this list that uh, I found from the Next Fest. Whisker Squadron, which is a Star Fox play-alike. It's called Whisker Squadron Survivor Demo. It wasn't until just before I went on to record this episode that I realized oh, they mean Survivor like Vampire Survivors. So it's like Star Fox, it's so it's such a cool game. It's an on-rail shooter in like, you know, pixel trash, low poly, super NES kind of fancy, gussied up, cleaned up, anti-aliased uh polys. Um where you take your little catastrophe fighter. It reminds me of Zizix a lot, the old arcade game. Um and you can accelerate, but you can't stop, you can't turn around, you can't, you know, you can only fly along this path. You can dodge objects and kill enemies and stuff and get upgrades for, according to a point point system, more coins you collect eventually you get a level up and then you get to select from one of three upgrades Um, and they're all really cool and the game is just awesome it's endless Star Fox in a survivor It's, it's, it's vampire survivors meet Star Fox it's so much fun uh, and it's perfect for like a pick up and play kind of thing after you do the tutorial which takes a long time in all honesty but if you'll after you do the tutorial is very simple but the game wants to make sure that you know what the fuck you're doing so it's not I was really stoned when I did the tutorial but I thought it took way too long um, I would just rather have gone in and started playing. But even though this is just a free demo and all the stuff will, like, expire, um, the game's gonna come out... When are you supposed to come out? I'm... This is totally... I'm totally buying this fucking game. First quarter 2023, so they are... They are running out of time. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, see? Yeah. Quarter's three months long. Yeah, see? Mm. So that is Whisker Squadron Survivor Demo, again, free. But make sure you go and download these now before, you know, noon tomorrow, before 10 a.m. tomorrow, uh, Pacific Coast t- time, because most years 
some games, their demos expire. They turn into pumpkins after the next fest is over. Um, and then finally, this is a game I haven't played, but I watched uh, someone else play it a little bit, and it looked really cool and looked like it was of vast interest to our listeners. It's called BZZZT. How many Zs? Oh, shit. Ivor, you're fired. BZZT is three Z's. Terrible title, right? Yeah, three Z's. So B-Z... Bravo. Zebra. 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 Tango. Bzzzt. Is a uh, side-scrolling platformer a la um, Mega Man in great retro pixel graphics. Looks like tons of enemies were designed for this. The 2D side-scrolling platformer. Um, my kind of game. My kind of game. The 2D platformers are my kind of game. Oh, platformers. The Wrigley building. Okay. Um, so that's Bzzzt. If you like Mega Man, check out Bzzzt. And then finally, the one game on this list that is not uh, part of the new uh, the, the Steam Next Fest for this year is okay, we're not going to talk too much about this. We're going to spend under two minutes on this. Beat Hazard 3. Now, what makes Beat Hazard so great? Beat Hazard is asteroids basically top down with other spaceships attacking you in a glorious symphony of visual carnage. But it is a rhythm game. And you know, if you know anything about our show, we don't cover rhythm games. Why? Because we hate them. Why? Because when we fell in love with Beat Hazard 1 and we started Radio Free Eye as the Craft as a byproduct of the Auto Radio Project, also known as its final project name, uh, the Radio Control Room Project, RCRP, which sponsors the show in full disclosure because it's me um which enabled for programmatic generation of scheduled automatic uh, scheduled live streaming radio shows that were DJ'd uh, according to rules that you got to specify per each show, you know, allowing you to describe theme and length and, you know, how often they played and scheduling of the shows and what type of variability, you know, is it a top 40 show, you know, what blah 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 you could so what you essentially could do is create 24 hours of programmatically generated r- radio f- feeling like it felt like a radio it felt like a DJ had curated each show and had a different separate personality and a separate time slot and would play with almost with absolutely no user intervention um, according to a, a completely schedulable yearly calendar um, that's why we, we did all that because of Beat Hazard 1 and then less so for Beat Hazard 2 I was not quite as in love with Beat Hazard 2 as I should have been but Beat Hazard 3 BAM Beat Hazard, the whole premise of this game is that it is uh, rhythm visualization spectacular of your own music, wherever your music is, if you want to you know, queue up a, a a playlist from your local files, if you want to queue up an album from your local files, it doesn't matter. And then you can beat the tracks, and Beat Hazard uploads your scores for each track, um, which is interesting considering that mm, for me, you have to go play my album in Beat Hazard 3. Um, set it up if you have Amazon Prime Music or any, or Spotify or anything like that you can set it up through Beat Hazard or if you just have it on your hard drive um, 
you can set up Dracula Factory, your mom is a slutty wizard, and you can play it. But what's cool about Beat Hazard 3 is, unlike the other two games in the franchise, they went big with this one. Um, all the same mechanics are still there, like, you know, the massive explosions, the blinding strobes, the... Uh, the thrill of playing to Tchaikovsky's Sixth Symphony, the Padatik first movement, all 16 minutes of it. Ah, oh, it's so great. Um, or, you know, uh, you like Rickard Strauss, you know, do, popping a little uh, Death and Transfiguration in there. Awesome. You like Bonzo Dog Doodah Band. You like Weird Al Yankovic. It's great. And what the coolest thing is, the bigger you, uh, the more music you feed into, into the collection locally, which it doesn't share, like, the actual like music file it just shares like the metadata for that music file um if it's an mp3 which it can totally read uh what's really cool is it will generate if you wish you can play a much deeper not much deeper but a much more organized though what do you call it um it's a little deeper than just a superfluous survival mode or, you know, one-off arcade, one-off track mode, because each track is like a level to beat Hazard. They have this galaxy mode thing where you can generate an entire galaxy out of your music collection and then fly to different uh, systems in the galaxy, different solar systems, comprised of different groupings of planets and stuff like that. Uh, each you know, being made up of a track. And you can unlock new ships, you can customize your ships, you can just blow everything the fuck up. It is a lot of fun. It's, I think it's better than the second one I've only played it for. It's still in early access. I've only played it for an hour, but it is one of, you know, the best games. The the franchise has been one of my favorite franchises since starting the podcast, you know, 10 years ago. So, Beat Hazard 3, it's out there. And Beat Hazard 3, how much is Beat I think it's like $19. $18.99. So, yeah. You know, $19. There you go. That's our new and noteworthy. Let's base them with the feature, Ivor. It's not much of a feature, but it's just kind of funny what some of the shit that's happened to us in Dwarf Fortress. Oh, my God. It's Melivian. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. Miss Meek's teacher. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Scooky. Okay, so some tales of the dwarfdom. We got like 10 minutes, 10 or 15 minutes. So, in my most recent, we'll, we'll call it the Ligma Freaker, um, run of Dwarf Fortress, which started like, I don't know, a week ago. I'm only up to year 106, but these days I I spend so much of my time in Dwarf Fortress. Each run, I've got like 230 hours, I think. I spend so much of my time, yeah, 230.2 hours. I spend so much of my time in Dwarf Fortress on any given run, in pause now, because I'm just doing like a lot of stuff that I want to have happen like immediately after I unpause it. That even though that's only like I, I normally start in year 100 in this one, I ended up starting a little late, 102. So it's it should be four hours of gameplay. It's more like 18 hours of gameplay have gone into this run because we're way advanced. We're already in Metropolis, 230 people, dwarves and humans and stuff. Um, but something really interesting happened, and, we'll, and the name of our of our world is Ligma Freaker, Ligma. Thank you, Jeff Jeffy Wise, friend of the show, Jeff Jeffy Wise, for Ligma. For Ligma. 
Dongon Ligma Balls. Um, Ligma, Ligma Freak, Ligma Freaker. It's the name of our fortress. And uh, it, it's really, it's cited really well. We did, we picked a good embark, embark location for the most part. It's the first time that I've actually been able to survive with leaving enemies on. And so I've fought like a lot of crazy beasts and, you know, mega beasts and ancient blind creatures and that have, you know, lots of feelings and stuff. <laughs> Oh yeah, you know, spiders, gigantic, legendary spiders, um, gigantic, uh, ten ton, cyclopean, blind, blind ogres who wander the surface, all sorts of shit. But nothing was more interesting than in the first three hours of, the, of my Ligma Freaker settlement when we got our third wave of migrants. And amongst them was one why is my phone this fuck the Super Bowl you're staying right here why won't it turn off god damn it one of the most in, god damn it that was hard to do one of the most interesting things that happened at Ligma Freaker so far and unfortunately it's a saga that I had to conclude today was when we got a necromancer a straight up fucking necromancer master legendary engraver um, who migrated to our fortress, which led me to read up on everything about necromancers because like I'd only heard of them. I'd only heard of their horrible necromantic towers and their armies of the undead and their unbelievable powers over life and death in the game. I'd only heard of them. But this time I had one who had migrated, who joined. She was a citizen. She applied for citizenship and didn't say necromancer. She said, She's 68. She had 10 kids, two uh, lovers. Necromancers. So I read up on necromancers. And funny thing, necromancers are a real funny thing. It sound like Hank Hooper um, from 30 Rock. So, the problem with necromancers, and this is like, I was going to build this out into a big, long feature, but this is something that the game does really well. Necromancers give you a different sense of the scale of time in uh, Dwarf Fortress, because here, here are the problems with necromancers. No matter what happens, if they're, you know, like, in your fortress, no matter what happens, it is only a matter of fucking time. No matter how helpful and happy they are, just run the game long enough and when everyone that you've ever, when every line that ever started your your Dwarf Fortress is dead, I think like the maximum is like 5,000, I can't remember what the time, maximum time limit in the init is for um, an entire fortress and civilization and world or whatever, but ultimately the bottom line is this, necromancers, they can't die. They have worshipped uh, a some fucked up evil god. Literally, it's always an evil god. I think it's always an evil god. I, I don't. If I'm untrue on any of the particulars, then chalk it up to me being inaccurate and not not having done the research because I, I did the research, but it was midweek. So yeah, we got ten minutes to talk about necromancers in Dwarf Fortress. <coughs> Problem is, they live forever. They worship. Uh, 
a dark and evil god and for long enough that the dark and evil god is like, hey, bro, you're like my number one fan. Let me teach you the secrets of life and death. And they give him a sphere associated with various different weird things associated with that god. And these spheres can be unique. After, it's a stone. It's a stone. They give him a philosopher's stone that unlocks the secrets of life and death. The alchemical philosopher's stone. The dwarf studies it for a couple of years, then becomes a necromancer and can no longer die. Problem is this. No matter how normal the necromancer is at first, like every serial killer who's fascinated with their powers over life and death, their mastery thereof, and also their bizarre obsession, fascination, and devotion to a dark and horrible god of unspeakable powers from another realm of another plane of existence that far exceeds our dwarf ontological, you know, our our ontologically emburdened dwarfen minds, and we're not great creative thinkers in general that much. We... We're more craftspeople than you know, designers, architects, etc. Um, we like good swords, though, and axes, mm. and booze. So that's like, yeah, it describes me pretty much. Um, so wh- wh- what do they start with? Okay, now this is where I, I'm. I'm just trying to go from memory here, so I might not be entirely accurate, but it was so fucking crazy reading this. I, as soon as I was like, oh wait, I have a necromancer. Oh wait, she seems like normal. I should fucking pause this game and go read the fucking you know three thousand words on necromancers in the the dwarf fortress wiki. So they have a number of starting abilities after they become immortal, um, and those are a crapshoot. But the one thing that they all can do is they can raise the dead. They can just take anything that's dead and turn it into a zombie. Beyond that, a lot of them, most of the time, can create intelligent zombies. So let me give you a hypothetical. If you had a dwarf who was like a master miner or whatever, and he got eaten by a crundle, he got killed by a crundle, little demon-looking motherfuckers, little little guys, he got he gets eaten by a crundle, and that happens within the line of sight of a necromancer who's on your side. A necromancer could raise him back as an intelligent zombie. I mean, he'll no longer think or feel, but he'll act exactly as he did in life. And he won't attack, by default, anything unless it attacks him. Unless, here's scenario number two. It's where this shit gets fascinating for me. Unless the intelligent zombie was killed by a member of your side. In which case, if the necromancer were to make an intelligent zombie out of someone that you killed on your side, whether whether or not they were on your side to begin with or not, they would attack whoever had just killed them, whatever faction had just killed them. Because they're intelligent zombies. Other than that, they will just go around the reanimated corpse living their life. So the first... Oh, and by the way, the more powerful necromancers can impart these intelligent zombies with baby necromancer powers like also the ability to raise the dead and stuff which all sounds really fun and shits and giggles until like it gets out of control cause like I think I mentioned this in last week's show for some reason maybe I did but anyway so we got a necromancer 
And uh, we had to dig for water in uh, Ligma Ligma Balls, Ligma Freaker. Um, so we had, we found a ca- cavern and we set up a fishing hole and a well. And that's where I learned about cavern suckers because I think this is the first time that we got that far um, in the game. Cavern suckers will like grab people off of ledges and suck them into like the deepest water and drown them. And it just so happened that the first baby born I, I think the first baby born to our settlement our fortress um was cavern sucked from the arms of its mother who is there fishing with the baby um and the baby we'll call it a uh, urist mchappy baby the urist mchappy baby got drowned and it just so happened that cuz line of sight is important for necromancers was there and he she raised the the ba- she she raised Yurik McHappy baby and gave created an intelligent zombie baby. Luckily for us, Yurik McHappy baby, I've now watched and observed Yurik McHappy baby for like a long time now, like many years, like three years. Not that's not many. Um, does not throw tantrums. Doesn't feel much of anything, but she's blue and she's undead and she walks around and it's great. Funniest thing about necromancers, they can be they are absolutely fucking horrified by ghosts. Ghosts scare the shit out of necromancers like nothing I've ever seen. It's awesome. Because it makes sense too if you think about it. Cause like I have powers of What the fuck is a ghost doing? What the f- <laughs> So um Yours McHappy Baby is now Yours McHappy Baby stole uh, a cold baby corpse. Uh, and Waters Fort does does her chores just like she would. She's never gonna grow old. She's never gonna change um, her personality because she's a zombie. She's an intelligent zombie, so it's like a robot. It's like you know, yeah, a robot doesn't have feelings, but a robot can do all the things that like you know anyone else can do. You know, blah. So part B. Part B of this story. Actually, never mind. There's no part B of this. <laughs> Sorry. I worry you're fired. So we have this cold, you know, and over the years, um, this this is where we are today, as of this morning, actually. Over the years, um, our necromancer, who is our best fighter, because she doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to sleep, doesn't I mean, she's so covered in scars, she's like our Don Quixote. <laughs> I mean, like, literally, there's parts of her face that have been removed and replaced. Like, her lips are not real anymore. She kept getting cut by axes and shit. She killed more fucking mythical mega beasts than the plague, than cholera. Mm. But sadly, because of this, this leads us back to our whole thing about necromancers and the game giving you a sense of time. Because if you give someone infinite life, no matter what, at the end of the day, at the end of all life on this earth, they'll just be them and they will have won if that's the victory condition. And they will also be fucking out of their minds. Now, what's funny about necromancers, as I read early on, you can exile them. They will become forever embittered against your settlement. They'll set up a necromantic tower near you where they will raise an army of the undead. Might take 500 years for them to do it. 
but they will raise an army of the undead and they will build an army that will fucking destroy you. So I chose to embrace our necromancer buddy. There's other ways to deal with them. Um, Normally you just kill them because normally they are the darkest enemies, but this was a necromantic dwarf. And so, yeah, so she did a lot of good stuff for us. We have like maybe five people that she reanimated over the course of her her time being a free necromantic uh, dwarf. But eventually, like in this long scheme of things, the food's not gonna, you know, she can't eat. She wants booze really badly. Um, and that starts to drive you insane when you can't die and you can't eat. It's very slow for her. It was a very slow descent, but she's finally gone insane and wandering around. And we cannot have that. She's wandering around obliviously. You know, so luckily we didn't make her the fucking uh, baron, baronet, baroness, or whatever. Uh, So what did we do? It was sad, but we took her off all of her assignments. We drummed her out of the military took her off all the work rosters and gave her a nice little you know cause in her unmet needs at the time which she doesn't fucking sleep so she's tired all the time I don't know how to make a necromancer sleep but I it's too late to save her she's lost her mind she's blah and before she goes berserk and starts killing people and then reanimating them cause this can get out of control very fast we gave her a workshop where she makes rope bracelets without any materials it's walled off behind a locked door with another locked door and another locked door and another locked door and no windows there's three locked doors did I say four? I think I said four and those are just so that I remember what's supposed to be in that room (laughs) not not to keep her she can't get she can't get out of a locked door um and that's where she'll die. She'll starve slowly to death. Meanwhile, in we got time for one more story because this is so funny. Meanwhile, in another, give me the gavel sound, Ivor. You don't have it. You don't have it. Ka-dong! The dwarven crim. <laughs> Fuck you, Ivor. It's all your fault. Ka-dong! The Dwarven criminal justice system consists of three separate but interlocking parts. The captain of the guard who investigates the crimes, the hammerer dwarf who arrests and imprisons dwarves, and Skooky Sprite who decides who is convicted. So, a priceless artifact worth 27,000 went missing from our fort. This is the criminal justice system in Dwarf Fortress. I happen to have a sheriff when it happened, so I go to the justice system tab and there are three witnesses and I dispatched... I I scheduled them for interrogation and that ultimately led us to a subject who we then interrogated and who immediately confessed. And this... The the results of reading the... um, 
the the uh, intelligence reports from the confession and the interrogatives uh, given to all the witnesses reveal that there was a sinister plot that had been going on for two years inside of my fortress, inside and outside of my fortress, wherein an innocent seeming unsuspicious migrant who had been contracted by a jealous dwarfin you know like relic dealer was inserted as a thief into my fortress to steal this item I can't even remember what what the fuck it was I do remember it was 27,000 dwarfin credits worth of whatever I've never minted my own coins there's so much shit I haven't done in this game it's so great I love it and so he stole it, and then he confessed to it because he'd been living here for two years. Um, and so we arrested him, and then he tried to fight uh, the people who arrested him. But now I have this greater conspiracy with a hierarchical tree, and I'm waiting to see how 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 uh, how many more times said unscrupulous uh, what do you call it. Uh, um, <laughs> artifact collector tries to send in more of his goons to raid us. It, the game is amazing. Uh, in case you haven't played it, it's called Dwarf Fortress. You might want to buy it because it's it's so good. It's so good. I hope everyone's team loses today, and uh, I hope that no one is happy. Also, one last final thought: really hope that all of these fucking unidentified flying objects. They're coming across fucking the Aleutians and Canada and stuff. It's gotta stop, like, because it's getting scary. Any one of them could start a nuclear war. And on that happy note, cheers. Thanks for listening. Uh, and happy Valentine's Day. Check out the next fest. Solvers. 30 Rock reference. After receiving the host, marauding choir boys, half drunk on the blood of Christ, stalk unwary pensioners, and seek havoc. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times. Hi there. There is delight in doing things right. Four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yaddy yaddy yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yaddy yaddy. Four or five times. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. We're there live. The Giants of the Dodgers game. Talking, talking baseball, hitting, catching, make, making all the right, all the plays happen. Let's talk to it. That's, that's, a, that's a quick question? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> smell, smell that green grass? Just a sweet crack of the bat? Man, it should be back. Ever seen them launch your enzymes? What's that? 
Ever seen them launch your grand slams? I don't know what you're saying, dude. Ever seen them launch your grand slams? Oh, grand slam, yeah. Of course. Is it is there is it real? Is it real? Yeah. It's 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 a, it's a it's a real real great sport. Hope to see a, hope to see a few of those home run balls launch into launch into orbit. You know, Clayton Kernshot said the other night was the fans were you know the, some some of the best fans at, out in the yeah, exactly. out there. Totally. As soon as they step up to the plate, get ready for that real rocket. Nolo Nolo Tuna. Namo Tula Nine. Namo Namo Tuna Nine. When when everybody is is around and we're swinging for two long bombs away, how how do we come around to know, man? This really this really is what it, what it's for. Yeah. Are you high right now? What? What was that? Is that a question? Baseball. Are you sure? Say, have fun to the game. Uh, catch, catching, catching, diving, making all the all star. Right now, bro, get out. Get out. Catching, catch diving, it's just for the fans. Get out, bro. Just for the fans. There's a good guys around here. Make, make, make it for the, make it for the fences. Wow, this is the worst interview I've ever had. I'm, I'm sorry, man. I can't, can't do this. No, no problem. Real, great group of guys. Seem like the fair. That doesn't seem like the fair one, right? At this point, I don't know what. Bomb got, I don't know. This isn't. Is it? Is it? Is it, is it, is it for the rest of the season? Is what is the big league boys? The what? The big league boys. Big league boys. What baseball? What about it? Is it for? Is it for? Is it going to be carried through? Are they going to win it again? You mean? Ah, uh, who? As a San Francisco fan, I hope so. But uh, you know, you just never know. That's play out. That's a, that's the name of the game. If if, if I said right. so myself. That's right. All right. Take care, guys. Good luck. Take care. All right. Congratulations again on another. Some, some great fireballs tonight. I'm done with the media. Yeah. Some great fireballs.